0: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode here on Sticks and Bones with your ghost host, Chelsea and Ten. Hi, Ten, How are you?
1: Allergy season is in full swing in my household. <laughs> I know.
0: As I sit here with my window open as I'm recording and I'm like like sniffling.
1: <laughs> I am snuffleupagus, and I always get seasonal spring allergies. I used to get them really bad in the fall when I first moved out to the East Coast, like every fall, like clockwork, I would get a sinus infection. But now it's spring and, you know, I am a sniffly gal. I'm a sneezy gal. And me and me and Iroh both have to take our Zyrtec every single day.
0: <laughs> Dude, I'm with you. My allergies are so bad and it's just like terrible. It's just the worst. I mean, I love spring, but sometimes I just can't be outside because I like feel like I got hit by a tractor trailer. So, you yeah, know, happy allergy season. Thanks, Persephone. <laughs>
1: It's like spring is so great and so beautiful and everything, but like at what cost? I know. I, I can't cost? breathe.
0: <laughs> this is why I don't like spring. And people think I'm crazy when I say that, but I'm like, do you understand that like my ears basically close because my sinuses are so stuffy?
1: So it's like, it's terrible. I don't get to breathe through my nose when I sleep and I have to be a mouth breather. Yeah. Terrible. No, no, no. That, so for those
0: of you suffering with seasonal allergies, I hear you. And us too. <laughs> us too, us too are suffering today. But um, yeah, today's episode is just kind of gonna be like a hodgepodge of things. To be honest with you, we're doing audio only again. Um, I just was not in the mood to research anything. I just want to sit and chit chat with the girls, no matter if you're a girl or not. I we're chit chatting with the girlies today, you know,
1: chit chatting. Um, it is spring girl edition. But how was your Easter? I know our last podcast was before Easter, but how was the big family Easter? Listen,
0: Italian Easter is the Super Bowl. So <laughs> I fucking love Easter. Um, yes, you heard me right. I love Easter. My family I posted if, if you follow me on social media, I actually took you throughout the day of what we yes. eat for Easter. And a lot of it has a lot of culture. Um, and heritage from Italy, like we do pizza rustica, um, lots of wine, ham and lamb, and like every Italian family function always has pasta and sauce. So I love oh. that because sometimes people don't like to eat meat. Yes. So I think we're vegetarian friendly. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> oh, I'm co- I'm coming to your house next year. Like I am a pasta no. girl. Yeah. I love all pasta. Um. But yeah, I saw all your stuff. Chelsea brought me all of the desserts and all of the treats. So I was. Yeah. <laughs> so my
0: cousin, um, she is an exceptional cook and baker and she hand makes Italian cookies for Christmas. She'll like, I don't know if you ever go to like a bakery and you see the Italian cookies wrapped up. Well, she hand makes all oh, of those, like the pinolis, so the lemon regatta cookies, all of that. Um, oh, all gosh. of it. So she handmade an Italian crumb cake, which is a staple in my family and ancestral practice. And then she also made Italian regatta cookies with anise and then some had lemon. And then I brought 10 of St. Joseph's pastry, which is big in New Jersey on the East Coast. Um, mm-hmm. Every Italian family brings St. Joseph's pastries for Easter. So I brought one for uh, 10 and Kevin to split because I'm lucky I got that out of my aunt's house. No <laughs> one lets you leave with that shit.
1: I snuck it out. I know. You must have like chummed the waters like somebody's trying to sneak out a pastry from like an Italian Easter, (laughs) man. Yeah, no, it it was like, uh,
0: you know what though? I have to say the way I said it, because if you haven't had something- me and my whole family. I looked at we were all eating dessert, and I was like, I have to steal because I had to leave early because I have an hour and a half drive. I was like, I have to take a St. Joseph's pastry. Ten has never had one, and they were all like, "You got to be kidding me! She never had a St. Joseph's pastry." I'm like, "No." They're like, "Oh, you got to give her one." So like, I had their blessing to take one from the table. <laughs> I'm like, "Uh, guys, to think outside of our own head." A lot of people don't celebrate Easter the way that
1: we do. No, and like it was so funny because my parents. Uh, FaceTime me at uh, my in-laws and everything. And you're we just saying, like, Happy Easter. And they're like, ah, we don't even go to church anymore. Like, we're not even priesters. And that was always, like, a huge joke in our family because we would have to go all the time in yeah. CCD. And, like, there was one part of CCD where we had to go, like, every week. And you would have to get, like, the Saint prayer cards. Mm-hmm. It was almost like collecting Pokemon cards. Yeah. And I – to this day, I don't remember why we needed to do it. But – then it was like, okay, we don't need to go all the time. Then my parents were like, all right, let's just do Christmas and Easter, hence priester mm-hmm. And then my parents are like, we're done. And it was so interesting because my parents were like, oh, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, you know, like we're doing this. Chelsea's going to bring me a St. Joseph's thing. And then I literally looked around and I was like, who is St. Joseph?
0: <laughs> I know. I know. So it's really funny because I always knew talking about St. Joseph, that was Jesus's father and that he had been canonized as a saint, but I wasn't sure what he was a saint over. I'd assumed it was fatherhood. But when I was in the metaphysical story with time, we actually looked it up as she was eating a St. Joseph's pastry. And listen, let me tell you something. I couldn't even get time to talk about saints at one point. Cause she was like, Oh hell no, I ain't talking about this shit. And then I was like caught in 4k eating a St. Pastry.
1: <laughs> oh, not just eating. I was inhaling it. <laughs> Kevin got a nibble and I was just unhinging my jaw like a snake to make more room for pastry goodness. Well now I'll
0: have to bring you some um next time I go home. They only offer it during March into like, mm-hmm. I think till Easter. And then they don't the Italian bakeries don't sell it anymore because it's like such a specialty. So my mom always goes to the bakery by our house, um, the Italian bakery and she's been going there for like years, over ten years getting them. So they're so good. I'm just gonna have to put in my order to your mom and be like, okay, Yeah. This is they what I cure need. religious trauma. I'm telling you, they do. <laughs>
1: one pastry at a time,
0: <laughs> one pastry at a time. But, um, you know, speaking of, well, we're going to be talking about a little bit about, about religious trauma today, but I will reverse you. How was your Easter? Was it good? You got the goods with the smidgens and the Gertrude. Oh, ooh,
1: I got the goods and yeah. I got my chocolate caramel smidgens, Kevin oh, got yeah. his peach butter ones. We, we got had our a trade off. Easter- I traded her a pastry for a few smidgens. Let me tell you. I made out like a bandit in that fucking trade. (laughs) Yes,
0: you did. No, listen, though. I never get smidgens. And if you don't know what smidgens are, you need to Google them. Gertrude and Hawk is the best. And I don't know if this is just like an East Coast thing. I'm not sure. It
1: is. It is. For years, like recap, uh, I grew up in San Diego. So until college, I lived in San Diego. And so I remember I was like talking to Kevin one day and I was like, oh, I can't wait for Easter. It's so far away because of smidgens." And he was like, yeah. you know, like Gertrude Hawk is like an actual thing. Like we can just go, like we have adult money. Like I have, a, yeah, we can we have just a car. buy it. We have a car. We both have license. We we're both adults. Like, you know, I was like, are you the way I exorcist spun around on him and was like, what are you talking about? why are we not stopping at this place every weekend um so we did go outside of easter and it was kind of weird they do taste better they do hit differently on like around springtime and easter
0: you're right you're so you're so right my mom used to so when i was in elementary school gertrude and hawk used to have a fundraiser um okay and my mom would buy all of our, like, Easter candy. So I used to get, like, all of the crazy Gertrude and Hawk stuff. So I can't imagine eating it outside of Easter. But if you don't know what we're talking about, Google it. I think they have a website. You can order stuff. The chocolate's insane. It's so delicious. And the smidgens are the peanut – they're caramel
1: and peanut butter or just caramel? I can't remember. Caramel? So mine's caramel and peanut uh, – caramel and Kevin's is chocolate and peanut butter. Yeah, the chocolate. Let me tell you. you. What. Put them in the freezer. And they See, get it
0: I – I don't mind the freezer, but I think they taste better when they're not frozen,
1: but I, I'm not going to say
0: no to a smidgen in any form. So it doesn't <laughs> matter. Leave it on the counter. Warm it up a little bit. <laughs> it doesn't matter, but I'm glad you had a good Easter. Yeah. I usually, you know, used to feel weird about Easter growing up because I'm like, Same. Um, religion, but I celebrated in my own way. You know, I, I always, I yeah. woke up and I was like, what am I supposed to say to Jesus? Like, congrats on coming back. <laughs> Welcome back welcome back we did it again welcome back for the however many time you've done this
1: (laughs) yeah no it's it's really like a weird kind of feeling that I'm in with Easter and like I understand it I too am like do you say like good job like congrats you you did it again like I'm not I'm not too sure about that but it made me like realize this weekend like were you, did you dress up for Easter, like growing up or holidays, oh. like to go to like religious ceremonies? Because I was dressed up like a damn cupcake queen. Yes. Yeah. I think it's a thing of the past though. Um,
0: I used to get dressed up in huge floral dresses and pastels and Easter Sunday and we would go to church. That's kind of died down a little bit. Um, My family, they're very spiritual, as you know. Like, my Italian family is where I get the Italian folk practice from. But Mm -hmm. they, like, some of them do go to church and some of us just don't. And it's totally fine. And no one, like, we still get really dressed nice for Easter. Like, I wore a flower dress and, like, nothing with pastels. It was black and white, all right? I don't like pastels. not a pastel girl. But not anymore. Like, not, I don't put on
1: my Sunday best, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the way, like... Like for Christmas and Easter, like I used to wear like the big dresses, like granted as a child, I loved that. But looking back, I'm like, why, why did I do this?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's just a weird thing, but um, yeah. Shall we talk a little bit about religious trauma? Because I feel like it's been coming up a lot lately. Um, you know, I know it's, it's something that we've overcome as a hurdle and it have come to like specifically Catholicism as a higher understanding. And I know today we're going to briefly talk about St. Anthony. Cause I have a funny story that I'm allowed to mm-hmm. share about him. I work with him. He's one of my patron saints. Um, dude, I love St. Anthony. I'll talk about it in a minute, but I don't know. I think 10 and I as a whole have just come to a bigger understanding of like Catholicism. And we mentioned it briefly on um, the podcast last week. So if you haven't listened to that, I highly, it was in the beginning do Mm -hmm. it because we talk about religious trauma and I know a lot of you have religious trauma
1: (laughs) yes hi and welcome to the club
0: I get it but I totally think it's something that can be overcome Mm -hmm. when you realize it wasn't the divinities of Catholicism it was always the people you know so like why would I take this out on Saint Michael he didn't do this to me
1: (laughs) yeah no it's it's always the people never trust the living man (laughs)
0: Yeah. And like you can celebrate things. If you like Miss Easter and Christmas, you can celebrate it in your own spiritual way. Like you don't have to be Catholic. You can just simply you know, you still want to honor those holidays and in sort of like a spiritual way. You still can, because that's what I do. I don't I don't like to say prayers. I don't like to say I'm doing prayers. I'm not really a prayer person. I'm more or less like I will walk to an altar and speak like how I feel. And I think that's totally okay. Absolutely. So, you know, the you can find ways to, like, get around, like, what the church teaches you of, like, you have to say your 10 Hail Marys, you know what I mean?
1: Um, uh, yeah, right. You have to genuflect and do all this. You have to do the Catholic calisthenics with the sit-stand kneel, and it's just like, I ain't got time for the Catholic burpees, man. I don't.
0: Yeah, I don't even know why I'm doing them.
1: You know what I mean? I don't even know why. Um, I don't know why. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't know why either. So, you know, you can really make your practice your own. And that might be a controversial thing to say, but like that's how I really find solace in um, you know, the work that I do as a folk practitioner. I know a lot of people ask me, how did you overcome your trauma mm-hmm. with like churches and things like that? Um, you know, spirituality is your own. It's it's what you believe. You know, you can do whatever you find is right in your heart as long as it's respectful. So you know, you can always find a way that works for you. Absolutely. Like not it going to church easy. on Easter is not for me. I don't like church at
1: all. Oof. I mean like church on Easter and Christmas Eve, like the big ones, like got to show up like 10 days before and like camp out. Like it's just, it's a whole thing. It stressed me out so much growing up and it was just like, why, why are we doing this? Why are we rushing spending all day here nobody's happy nobody is understanding nobody genuinely wants to be here and is feeling like the love and everything like we're just like when are we going home
0: oh yeah a hundred percent and it's so funny because I know I've talked about my great aunt Jean on this podcast before when I talk about Italian folk magic she's a huge part of like this Mm -hmm. because she is the one on my family who practiced it and she never went to church ever she okay so let me tell you a really funny story and I Ted and I have been trying to find the saint that I'm about to talk about. I, I don't even nope. know. And like my aunt won't tell me, even though she's dead. She still won't tell me, even though I can like talk to her, thinks it's funny. So my great aunt um used to venerate this saint that was particular to a certain region in Italy. Mm-hmm. Now I practice Sicilian, Italian folk magic, but my dad even remembers my aunt would celebrate the feast day of this saint, and I still cannot find who the saint is and she was actually loved the saint so much she was buried with the saint or her husband was buried with the saint when he died so i'm like to 10 we have to go grave robbing i don't care about respect (laughs) who is the saint aunt Jean? who used to venerate?
1: who is it well you're not condoning grave robbing but um no (laughs) no but i mean when it comes to saints and, you know, being able to, like, actually speak about it now, it's – there's so many. Like, there's so, so many. many saints. And then you get into, like, the canonization. Did it happen pre um, – like, pre-Christianity, um, like, pre – all of that kind of stuff? Or was it, like, after the first canonization? And then it's, like – which, fun fact, wasn't until, like, the later part of the 900s and – then it's like with saints, it's like they have so many different attributes and like one symbolism means one thing, but 50 other saints have the same symbol. And it's just like this massive mystery game. It it's is. wild. <laughs> no,
0: it really is. And honestly, saints is kind of like what led me back to Catholicism. You know, I've talked about it. St. Michael is a huge part of my life. And mm-hmm. as I've been dip- to- like tiptoeing and healing my religious trauma, more saints are like, sticking out to me. So, I've told the story of Saint Anthony before and if you are looking to get into a folk practice or your own family folk practice or Catholicism again, I highly recommend looking into saints. You can petition yes. saints, you can venerate saints. You don't have to sit here and go to church every Sunday if you don't want to. Um I love the stories around saints except the female ones which are just absolutely terrible the way they were treated. Yeah. Um, but we we've said it before in the last episode. We're going to be doing a lot more around Saints because I just think some of them are just so fascinating and you know they really weren't bad people they the way they died some of them were terrible some of them were martyrs
1: oh yeah oh my gosh when I went to Rome and like who learned all about all these Saints I was like oh wait hey, yo. <laughs>
0: Yeah. It's a lot of the stories are just crazy. So I highly recommend looking into it. Um, But I want to talk about St. Anthony for a hot second because mm-hmm. I have a funny story to share. It's my personal experience with him. I was telling 10 the other day. So for those of you that don't know, brief overview, St. Anthony is the patron saint of the poor, the sailors, fishermen, priests, travelers. Um, And he also is um a, the patron saint of lost items and lost souls and was known to perform like these really incredible miracles, really wow. incredible miracles. And he's known for answering fast. Like he is like, like, like speedy with answering petitions. So I've petitioned him before and he literally answers like the next day. No joke.
1: He's the Hermes of saints.
0: <laughs> he is. No, he absolutely is <laughs> to, to like bridge it to like Hellenism. He really is. <laughs> um. So, I had to petition him for something. Uh, I think it was last week. And yeah, it was last yeah, it was last week. <laughs> it was last week. It was, it was this is very new. Um it what I petitioned him for, the start of it happened the next day, which was Easter. It literally happened on Easter. And I, I remember looking at myself, like, oh my God, why is all of this happening? What is going on? And then I was like laughing I'm like it's fucking Easter one it relates to whatever I petitioned him for two I petitioned Saint Anthony obviously he's gonna answer in less than 24 hours or show me a
1: sign oh yeah then Chelsea unloads this knowledge onto me and I truly felt like Bob Belcher from Bob's Burgers like oh my god oh my god oh my god
0: (laughs) yeah like oh god this is why this is happening but it's like it's it's anything that's happened is meant to be a good thing. Like it wasn't anything bad that I petitioned it for, but obviously sometimes the series of events leading up to something that you need, isn't always like the most stable or fun, you know, but like, you know, like just hang on, like this is part of the process.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so, um, but it goes back to a time. And I've said this on the podcast before when I was 12, I don't know why St. Anthony was the only saint I would ever speak to. And there is a prayer that you can use, and I've said it. And I used to use it when I was 12. He is the saint of lost objects. So if you lose something, you can say this prayer. And I swear to you it works. Mm -hmm. Like it literally, when I was 12, I'd be asking, like, where's my game boy? You know what I mean? (laughs) So it goes like this: Dear Saint Anthony, come around. Something's lost and cannot be found. And then you state the item that you're looking for. And you're supposed to light a candle for him, right? So when I was younger he would always answer me. And I didn't realize it until I started studying like saint work again. And I'm like, this dude, he's been answering me since I'm 12. Oh yeah. Like little old me looking for my game boy. He would answer me. Oh, it's right over here. <laughs> he's like, Come on little girl. It's right over here. You know what I mean? Like, and I just found that to be the sweetest thing in the world. Like he literally would answer a 12 year old. No, I don't know. So he holds a special place in my heart. And maybe it's because I do have like fond memories of like saying that prayer and then finding my socks. You know what I mean? Something so little, <laughs> but you can petition him for like, when you think about lost things, you can petition him for like lost relationships, inner peace. Like, did you lose your
1: peace? Are you trying to find it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was really interesting when you told me about it and what you petitioned for and you know the series of unfortunate events that followed. Um <laughs> I was like me. that is a different take on this, but it it truly makes sense that it is a a deeper and kind of different take on the same notion it's like you're taking like the scenic route to get to the same destination so it was interesting to see like that kind of perspective because you know at the end of every day we can all kind of get wrapped up and like oh i really want like tit for tat kind of thing this person cut me off and driving and i'm gonna cut him off like it's like you know what saint anthony i too could use some inner peace (laughs) yeah right
0: like i don't know if it's because i have like this whole newfound perspective on life but instead of like hexing someone why don't you just ask that this person finds the healing that they need and Mm -hmm. they like learning the lesson that they need to learn you know like I don't think people think about like spirituality and like magic in that sort of way you know because learning a lesson is not easy for somebody you know like that's not an easy thing but it would help them be a better person and yeah like listen I believe in baneful magic trust me I think there's a time and place for it but I think over like really minute, stupid things. It's like, why wouldn't you just wish someone, I hope you learn your lesson and you find that healing that you need. So Mm -hmm. that's something I actually learned from working with St. Michael. Like sometimes people just need to learn a lesson and it'll make them a better person. You know, I know I sound all love and light right now, but sometimes you got to like weigh these things, like balance
1: in your practice, right? Like you can petition saints for those kinds of things. Absolutely. Plus it really makes you like I want to say calm down, but like, it really does make you like take on that aspect of like, do I want to do this? Like, what is this going to do for me? It's going to do nothing, you know, sending off hex or painful magic or anything like that. And it's like, is that really what you want? And I think coming to a better understanding or a different kind of perspective helps with that. And I oftentimes think about it, you know, everybody's like so quick to fire things off, like, you know, stormtroopers with like the, aim of like (laughs) nothing. It's like people are shooting drunk, but it's almost like everybody needs to like have a musket and like set your musket so that you can fire correctly. And all the time and effort it takes to put the gunpowder in now do this. Now do that. At the end of the day, I'm like, you know what? I don't need to do this. I- have healed. I hope. And I wish you well,
0: best of luck. <laughs> oh yeah. And we talked about this in our hexing, um, podcast episode. I think it's a good time to bring it up. Cause I know everyone's always like,
1: I'm a hex you.
0: It's like, okay, calm down, hex girl. All right, relax, <laughs> calm down. Um, but it's like, you know, yeah, maybe sometimes people just need healing, like being able to understand where someone else is coming from. And you can apply that to all rules of your life. Like you get into an argument with somebody or someone says something really hurtful to you, not to excuse that, but it's like, why are they doing that? You know what I mean? Like, there's a reason why they're acting this way. And it's because they're miserable. They don't like their life. They're projecting onto you. It's not an excuse, but these are things I think about when I'm like in my spiritual work. And like, listen, I had a situation happen like within my own family recently. And it's just like, you know, sometimes people just like need healing and peace and people have just been through some shit in life oh god yeah absolutely
1: and i think you know just coming to a better understanding of not just that but like even in religious trauma um you know it wasn't the saints doing all of this kind of stuff i mean yes were they being you know were these like were christian martyrs was that actually happening in history absolutely did the time change when the Christians started going after the other groups of people? Absolutely. Like, nobody has a clean hand in this game. And no. going back to Italy and, you know, being there for the first time ever and learning about all of the saints, early saints, you know, later canonized saints, it was just so interesting to see that, you know, it's not their fault. It's not Abrahamic God's fault. It's it's people's fault. and. Yeah. Truly, they were just trying to do what they thought necessary. They thought that they were spreading the good news, um, that they were living their best life and, you know, horrible things happened to them. Oh, yeah.
0: No, I agree. So, yeah, it's like with these things, just sometimes you have to look at it from a different perspective. And by the way, I always say you can ask the spirits you work with for a different perspective. Do you know how many times a day I'm like, I need a different perspective on this because, my God, I cannot get out of my head. You can ask your ancestors, spirit guides, deities that you work with. Whoever that you work with to ask, like to get a different perspective on things. And sometimes it's not easy seeing things from a different perspective, but I do think that it helps. I like to get different perspectives. And I always say this about 10 and I's friendship. Like we truly are friends. And sometimes mm-hmm. when things go awry in my own life, I will give her the story, the facts of the story, try not to put my bias in it. And I will ask her for her unbiased opinion because she is my friend. And I know she's going to tell me, Hey, Chelsea, you're being a dick. Or, hey, Chelsea, I don't really think you did anything wrong here. And vice versa. So I also think it's good to have people in your life that are, like, super grounded and are not just going to, like, agree with everything that you're saying. I want someone to tell me, like, you know, I always think I do something wrong. So it's like, I, if I am doing Absolutely. something wrong, I will apologize for it, you know? Like, please tell Absolutely.
1: me. I'm always like, Chelsea, am, am I the problem? Like, am I the drama? <laughs> you, you let me know, like... <laughs> I might not listen to Chelsea, but I will always, like, hear her opinion. I won't – sometimes I won't be like, mm, I hear you, but I'm going to do whatever anyway. Right. But I'm still going to ask, like – Right. Sometimes I know she's going not- to need a different perspective on things. And I know she's not going to, like, yes me to death. No. But, um, like, speaking of different perspectives, the only thing that, like, just popped into my head was, like, a a weird saint story of when I was actually in college. I think I took – I think it was a class that our coworker Danielle was in with me. Um, Also, Rachel was in this class with me. Um, I took a art history class focused on the art of the Renaissance. And my art history professor, she is like the number one like Rembrandt scholar in the world. She's like five Mm -hmm. foot nothing, little little Dr. Amy Galani. Anyway, everything in the Renaissance is like Religious heavy, saint heavy. And she would just put up this painting and be like, who's this saint? And what symbol is this? And it's like, Who's that Pokemon? It's Pikachu. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> like, Amy, do I look like La Popa? Yeah. I right. don't know the saints. You know I love Name That Saint just as much as anybody else. But Amy, I do not know what saint this is. And she'd be like, well, she has eyes on a platter. Ten. So who is this? I was like, Amy, I don't know. I can't name all the goddamn apostles. Do you think I know what saint this is? And for those wondering, I just looked it up. It's St. Lucy. But oh, okay. St. Lucy's like...
0: pretty prominent, but there's just so many saints. So, so I highly it, recommend you, you look into it if you're interested. Like, there's so many saints. There's a saint for everything and multiple things.
1: Yes. Yeah. And, like, going to – um a necropolis so like an underground like city of the dead is what necropolis translates to um in naples i actually got to see the resting place of san Gennaro's, you know bones and everything so it was really cool to see that this necropolis was used by pagan families but also early christians and to see them both being buried in the same place using similar iconography of pomegranates Mm -hmm. and everything, especially with like Persephone, you know, in her mythology, but pomegranates being a symbol of fertility and rebirth in christianity it was just beautiful to see like the meshing of the two that there's a lot of synchronicities
0: when it comes to catholicism and christianity and it's like no one will say that like easter is a pagan holiday like that's not correct um you know what i mean and i i see that all the time and we're not going to get into it today ted and i did a whole episode it's like one of our first episodes on easter um but i think it's important to know that easter is a christian holiday it is has some sort of pagan synchronicities of the symbolism, but it was not stolen from pagan. So I see that discourse a lot. And I think that's like so invalidating to a Christian practice. Um, Also, don't forget Mm -hmm. like, you know, Passover's around this time of the year too. So
1: it's like, yes, Passover. Passover is for the people of the Jewish faith. Um, Easter is of course for the people of Abrahamic tradition and uh, specifically um, Catholicism. And, you know, Astara, which is neo-pagan, is just the spring equinox, which we've talked about. But there is synchronicities, of course, in the death, um, three-day wait period, and the rebirth cycle. Like, we find that in mythology. So there is synchronicities, but it is distinctly its own religion.
0: Yeah, we got to stop saying that it was stolen from a pagan holiday, guys. Like, that is not... Correct. And that is invalidating. And that's where like, I think religious trauma flares up where people are like, well, this was pagan and you stole it. It's like, okay, yes, there are a lot of similarities. There are a lot of similarities, but that is not a correct thing to say. So I see that all the time, every year on Easter, it was stolen from the pagans. And listen, I practice within Hellenism. I understand. I get it, but it's, it's not right. And yeah, the stories are similar, but we did a whole episode on, um, did we title it a star we
1: might have i don't even know i think we did but yeah it's they're all distinctly their own and yes you're going to find synchronicities i mean you find synchronicities i mean look at judaism and look at christianity there's a lot of synchronicities like come on of course course. people are in contact ideas are moving art is moving religion is moving of course there's going to be synchronicities Right. There's a lot of synchronicities within
0: a lot of deities and a lot of things all over the world. It doesn't invalidate someone's belief system. And if you say that it invalidates someone's religion, culture, and everything they believe. So another thing too, that I see a lot of is synchronicities with deities. Like, you know, we got a question the other day, is Apollo the Hindu version of Krishna? We can't say those things. We can't say those things. Apollo is part of the Greco-Roman period. Krishna is part of Hinduism. Those are two completely different cultures and belief systems. And I see it all the time on the internet and it's like, you are invalidating culture. And I know like whoever asked that question, it's not directed towards you. It's just like, I get so hyped up over these things because yeah. I'm like, someone tried to say Jesus was Prometheus. I'm like, please stop. <laughs> please. I please. go home. Please. I please. beg you open a book. <laughs> Or what about Krampus? What is that thing about Krampus that goes on on the internet? Where, um, what are people saying about Krampus? I can't even remember the the dumb the dumb comment about Krampus. Oh, Was he's in the son the- of Hell in Norse paganism.
1: Yeah, so technically, therefore, the grandson of Loki. Like, are you all okay? <laughs>
0: Krampus is Germanic, different synchronicities. Yeah. Right, things can be similar. Right, people are talking culture, but they're very much their own different beings and part of their own sphere. Of worship, yes. so we got to stop saying these things. I I see it everywhere, and it's like, yeah, I'm getting on my soapbox. So sorry, I'm like agitated. And it was not at the person that asked the Apollo and Krishna thing, but I know
1: that's coming from the internet. I just knew
0: where that came from.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of stuff like that. That's like, oh well, this is this and this is this. It's like, it, please prove me wrong. Please, please cite your source and absolutely prove me wrong. Like, if you have a peer reviewed scholarly source that proves this point show me yeah exactly so i eagerly await
0: <laughs> yeah it's just like you know once again um cuz it's go- i think i was just like amped up today because we got a question um and this is not to the person i asked the question but there is something going around on the internet saying that hecate is queen of the underworld and this person emailed us and was like i just don't want to be disrespectful or rude and it's like persephone is queen of the underworld guys Persephone not Hecate we just have to and this is not at the person I asked the question we just have to open a book and this is why I say people that are teach on the internet are not always teachers they just do it just to be here so please be careful.
1: Please be careful we also if you are interested in Hecate or Persephone you know we've got some great deep dive episodes on both of them and you know definitely if something doesn't make sense and you're like you scroll in and you see something, it's like a queen of the underworld. And that, you know, tickles something in your mind. And you're like, boop, boop, boop. that's Persephone challenge that be like, yeah, right. Where did you find this? It could be a Roman mistranslation that happens quite often. And it could also just be that that person doesn't know anything. And they just go on the internet to spout into the ether. You know, what are your credentials? How do I know that you're credible?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It happens all the time. It's like, I see Hikate with the mother maiden crone stuff. And we, we did two episodes on Hikate. The first one was to shoot down the mother maiden crone thing, which is Wiccan. Um, but yeah, it's once again, like the internet things happening, people saying this deities, uh, synchronicities exist, but it invalidates other people's beliefs. So it kind of is like cultural erasure in a way. So just be careful when we're saying those things. Um, but I, I just don't think people know. So, um, well, anyway, now that we moved past religious trauma, we forgot to talk about 10. The most in- the star of the show today, the apothecary we just launched. I was gonna say our cats. No, it's the apothecary. <laughs> well, our cats too, but I know I knew I for some reason I knew you were gonna be thinking about like, oh, our cats. Um <laughs> but no, 10 and I opened a little apothecary in our metaphysical store because it's springtime and we're feeling like herbal girlies now.
1: Yeah, um, I think it's always well. I know for the both of us, it's always been, you know, part of our practice. Again, we don't showcase everything. Um, So we've been working for quite some time to kind of bring a little piece of us more public into the store. Everything that we are doing is really front facing in the store. You know, you got that. Hellenic gods, you've got X, Y, and Z. And now with the apothecary, we really wanted to kind of go back to, you know, we talked a little bit about like healing and Asclepius and Apollo. So like, what were people doing? What did the ancients have around them? Well, they had plants, they had organic material around them. So Mm -hmm. why not kind of take that tradition and modernize it again and, you know, create a beautiful apothecary which you know it's going for haunted apothecary vibes like that's what we oh yeah
0: oh yeah like and it's so funny because ten and i would always be like oh we're never like herbal girlies but it's weird because we work with herbs all of the time um but we now finally found like some newfound passion for like selling herbs and like studying herbs and it just goes to show you we really reflect our practice in the store and in the podcast so you can expect we plan on doing like a poisonous um herb episode on the podcast i do study the poison path um, and alongside of Hecate. And so I would love to bring some of that to the store because mm-hmm. it's something that I personally practice. Um, but I want to talk about the spell blended powders because I think a lot of people don't know about this.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's perfectly balanced in the apothecary because I mean, let's be honest for the last six months, people have been emailing us being like, are you guys going to sell seeds? Are you guys going to sell like other types of stuff and you know it's just me and chelsea and you know now with danielle but it was just me and chelsea for so long that we just didn't have the manpower to do it but now we're able to grow (laughs) much like an apothecary um And we really want to showcase that. So I can't wait to, you know, incorporate, you know, the darker side of spring collection, which is coming soon with the poison aspect. Um, I don't study the poison path, you know, in my own practice, but I love looking at it and teaching about it historically. So where Mm -hmm. is it found? What were people using? Why were they using it? Um, So it's a beautiful blend of both the best of both worlds. Alexa, play Hannah Montana. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It's going to be so good. I'm really excited. Um, It's like, I don't know. It's like just this new passionate thing we're into now. Not that we don't love the oils and rollers, but I think like the herbal side of things is what we really were missing, but didn't have the time to do it. So really quickly, I want to talk about spell powders because um, you can find these in our store. They're great. And for those of you that are allergic to the coconut oil that we use in the store, this one is for you. It's for anybody really, but yeah, <laughs> they are blended different types of blends of herbs and other things that we spell. And like, then we put in a little like apothecary jar for you. So right now we have um, a banishment protection. Um, we have attraction, glamour, and love. I'm missing something. We have black salt. What else am I missing? Banishment, protection, spirit communication, spirit, communication. So obviously we're starting with like all the things that we like. Love to do. And some of the protection and banishment ones are actually blended with graveyard dirt. So you mm-hmm. can just take it and like put it on candles. You can put it in your own spell jars. You can use it really anywhere. Just be mindful not to put it outside because some of them do contain contain salt. And salt is really harmful to the environment and the ecosystem. But you can line your windowsills with black salt if you want to. It's really like a powder form of like an oil. Um and the siren one smells so good. Some of them actually have like the scent we use
1: in the rollers. Yeah. It's fire. Ugh. We were so excited to make those and just use them because, you know, we're we're candle girls, but we wanted to incorporate a little, little extra
0: hoof. Yeah. And if you're unsure of how to use one, I just posted on my Instagram today under the protection spell working. I actually did the graveyard one. I had to clean my space today and do another protection um, working. So I was like, oh perfect time to use my spell blends because it's so annoying to get out like all the herbs that you need like it's all the herbs right in a little bottle for you so it's all like there in one mm-hmm. place so if you like don't have access to like all these herbs and everything I think I don't know I just think they're perfect and you can get like two to four spells out of it in my opinion oh you can get way more out of that um I would say two to four because I like to put everything in a nice neat circle so it's like I it has to be perfectly lined.
1: Oh yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a trash panda. So not for me.
0: <laughs> it depends on how you use it. But anyway, we just wanted to let you know, Apothecary is open. We have more herbs coming soon. Um, probably this week we'll be working on some of the herbs that are selling in the store. Um, herbs that we personally use and love, and
1: we can't wait to bring it to you guys. It's it's like really springtime vibes, but haunted. But you know, with spring and, you know, we, we say this kind of every year, springtime when things are growing the sun is shining the tank is clean you know what else is going off in spring fucking evil eyes man dude i was just gonna bring this up i just had to
0: recharge one of my evil eyes today um you can even so you could take that spell powder and like dump it on an evil eye to enchant it or put your jewelry in it like this is what i'm saying you can use it for anything but it is evil eye season the weather gets nicer more people are outside mm-hmm. it's evil eye season i swear i don't know why it's the spring in the summer it always it's- is
1: it's out and about um more people are active more people are like out they're no we're no longer sheltering in place for the cold season yeah and man oh man do does jealousy just run rampant every year like clockwork
0: <laughs> oh it does it really does and um not to go back to the store but you know just to let you guys know i'm going to be i'm going to start um with the permission of my ancestors selling more italian folk uh, magic in the metaphysical store because it's something I heavily practice. So we have this evil eye bath salt. It's called the cure. In Italian folk magic, they believe evil eyes are illnesses. So yep. we, it's called a cure. You're curing the evil eye. It's really like a sickness. Um, You can find it in the shop, but actually my ancestors were the ones that it was inspired by my great aunt Jean. Um, she used to do evil eye removals for all my family. And right over the phone, she'd call people and be like, oh, you got the Malocchio and just like zap it out of their head. So this is a bath soak. It's like a modern interpretation of it. Um, I'm also going to have services soon opening up to like uh, Evil Eye Workings that I can remove them for you with St. Michael. But this is one you can do on your own. I've consecrated it. It comes with instructions and it has a little pepperoncini and red ribbon tied around it that isn't very symbolic in Italian folk practice. So anyone can use it, but I highly recommend you try it. It is The best, like I'm so proud of it, and Ten and I had so much fun,
1: like designing the label, and it was cool. It was so fun. Oh, (laughs) but man, yeah, evil eyes pop off now. Snakes lie in the grass, so careful where you step. Not just you know when you're out on hikes, but you know with people in your life, man.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. No, evil eyes are are freaking rampant. So yeah, make sure. Friendly reminder: have your protection. Bring a roller with you, whatever you use, enchant your jewelry, because evil eyes come out in the spring and summer, and it is just a fact of life. It's not even a personal gnosis at this point. I was talking to somebody else that practices, and they were like, no, you're so right. Like, it is it is
1: the thing. I'm like, it is. It is, it is the season. I'm jealousy.
0: <laughs> it is. So be careful. But Be um, careful. I'm trying to think. Oh, shall we dive into the ghost host hotline? Um, We didn't really have too many questions today. Um, I know this episode is a little bit lighter than most honestly, we're coming to you live from audio because once again, just tired. I have no makeup on and I'm just like, I had to do an evil eye removal on myself this morning. So I was laying in my bath soak. Like I need to soak this off me.
1: Exactly. Hit me with a ghost host story.
0: Okay. Welcome back to the ghost host hotline. Um, for those of you that want to submit a story, (laughs) I just lost my train of thought. You can email us um, at evoking.cmc at gmail.com. We are more than happy to share your ghost host story. If you need life advice and you're like, Chelsea and 10, can you please take this situation with my partner and let me know what I should do? Listen, I'm great at giving advice. Am I good at taking it? No, no, I'm not.
1: <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not.
0: I'll ask someone for their advice and be like, mm, I'm going to do it my way anyway. You know? like Yeah, absolutely um we're more than happy to give you some advice anonymously of course anonymously but people have been loving sending us the paranormal stories and i'm here for it so this one's a little bit longer i need to take a hold on (laughs) take a breath (laughs) honestly this whole episode i've been thinking about what i'm ordering for dinner so if you figure it out at the end let the good people know oh also little surprise for the people because I'm going to tease this. We're going to also post about it on social media. We're having Pocahontas come back for a second time on the podcast, um, and we're going to be talking about Santa Muerte. So if you have any ATR questions that you want um, answered from the last episode that we had with Poca, you can also email us on the Ghost Host Hotline. Um, I'll also post on social media if you have any questions for polka um and you are curious to know more about atr please feel free to like check her page out you can also ask her um i know she's really open to educating people on her platform but yeah we're so excited we're gonna have another guest soon and it's a repeat but it's a good one i love santa muerte I can't wait to talk about her
1: yes cannot wait okay here we go here we go here we go see
0: i love how we're just talking about folk catholicism and saints it's like a, it's a vibe for some reason <laughs> okay I have a paranormal story that I honestly thought was nothing to the point. I never shared it really till recently. So the story starts with me as a teenager. I was 16 at the time and now I'm 22 babysitting my little sister for the night while my parents were out at work. Okay. I was sitting out in the living room and not to stray from the story a bit, but where I was sitting, I had a direct view of half the kitchen past that and the hallway had all the bedroom doors in it. So I had a view of most of the apartment but only if I face towards the right. So they're kind of giving us a a little
1: layout. Yeah. Yeah. The like
0: theme. I, I, you know, I know why you're doing this. Cause you probably were trying to, in your head, understand if it was like paranormal or not. And I totally get it.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: um, otherwise it was all in the corner of my eye while I was staring at the television, but back to the story. I was watching TV at two in the morning and as a teenager does during the summer, I had seen two shadow childlike figures come running into the living room from the corner of my eye. So this person was watching TV and all of a sudden they see two shadow children, which is terrifying from the corner of their eye. I freaked out a bit and looked down the hall expecting to be my little sister running around. But when I didn't see her running around, I assumed she was trying to hide. I told her to stop hiding multiple times and go back to bed, but nothing ever happened. I waited about five minutes or so before getting up to check in her room to see if she was laying down. And the very thing I hadn't hoped for was there. My sister was heavily asleep in bed. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I knew this was how it was going to end.
1: I'd be like, move over system coming in.
0: <laughs> we got to sleep together. I ended up going back to the couch and putting on lighthearted cartoons. Yeah, because at that point, you're like, you know what? Something weird just happened to me. Yeah. Not that I was watching anything scary, but it went from my usual dramas to kid nursery rhymes practically. And while I was watching those, I heard noises from the kitchen only yep. to look and see a shadow figure of a woman working in there, but only slightly because I only had a view of the fridge. So she's like half seeing this happen. Sorry, they're half seeing this happen. I don't know, like, the gender of this person. That's fine. Um After that, I decided I was just sleep deprived and called it a night and never thought of that night again. Just chalking it up as my brain making up things until Thanksgiving of last year. I brought this situation up to my, I brought it, hold on, sorry. I brought up that my dad has ghosts in his place. And usually my dad is a guy who I thought wouldn't normally just believe in ghosts or paranormal stuff. But when Mm -hmm. I said that he flat out agreed. So it's like, so he had experiences. Oh, geez. I asked him if he's seen them and he said he he did then went into explaining how at night while he's playing video games in the living room, he's always been a night owl. He'll see children running and playing around as well as a woman in the kitchen or walking around. He told me all that without me even telling him what I had seen for so many years. I thought it was crazy only to be told he's seen the same things. I still feel crazy, but I feel a lot less crazy knowing it wasn't entirely in my head. I guess I love the podcast and I hope you guys get a kick out of teenager me's experience to the possible <laughs> that reside at my father's place. I mean, yeah, if your dad is also
1: agreeing with you and you didn't tell him the story, it's like, that's when, you know, that's, that's when I would have had chills run down my spine and been like, well, here's my sign. Thank you. time to leave. Um, But yeah, I mean, like, I know it could be scary, but
0: I wonder if it was just a mom cooking for her kids, you know, and they just still live in your dad's house. And I wonder if it's like, yeah, running around because it's dinner time. You know how kids get before, like, it's dinner time. They just rambunctious.
1: It almost seems like residual energy. Like that must have been like a common, like every night thing, children playing, the mom is cooking, you know, they're being rambunctious and she is probably setting the dinner table being like, it's time to eat everybody. And it's like, because it was repeated probably so much that it just, it left an imprint. And yeah, I mean, it could, or they could just still be there. I don't know. Like say another place I would love to go and be like, what are you cooking? What are you cooking? and yeah or it could be like um an aspect of like house spirit or something like perhaps it took on qualities of past residents which is super interesting that it like took on a family for some reason which is kind of adorable in a weird kind of spooky way if it is the house spirit yeah but no totally interesting story thanks for
0: sharing and Trust me, as someone that can see spirits, children's spirits are really jarring to look at. I it, it you never get used to it. It is just I think everything about it is just so tragic and sad when you're seeing a spirit show up as a kid. And it's just like upsetting. When I was in Gettysburg, I just think about like the young soldiers that I saw. Like they because they were like children basically, you know. Yeah, um So, it's just really sad and It is really creepy because I think in Hollywood, they always take the spirits on as children. Like I'm thinking of that, uh, God, the shining, the shining with the red rum, you know,
1: the two girls. Yeah. Yeah. It's always like that little kid trope who is either like the evil one can see all of that kind of stuff. And then once you have children with black eyes, it's, it's game over for time. Oh yeah. (laughs) No,
0: I lights out. I'll see you later. I'm getting my banishment working and I'm, you're getting out of here. Okay. Get away. I'm getting my graveyard dirt and blowing it straight into your face. <laughs> well, I have a quick question before we go. Do you watch American Horror Story or have you watched it? I know about it. I never have. Okay. Well, I was just curious what you think of this because I used to be a huge American Horror Story fan. And then it's like, I, it, I think it really kind of fell off for me. You know, like it kind of got lame. Okay. Um but they just announced that Kim Kardashian is going to be an American Horror Story, and I'm so happy I stopped watching it, because I'm like, really?
1: I saw that she was going to be in it with um, Emma Roberts was coming back. Can we have and... one thing? What? <laughs> Can we have
0: one thing? I- I'm sorry. I just, like, the vibe of Kim Kardashian in an American Horror Story doesn't make sense for me. Now, Lady Gaga, when she starred in it, oh my That's...
1: god, that episode is top tier. Like, I mean that season she's mother monster but I think it's so hard because you know Kim has tied herself so much to reality tv you know e bravo all that kind of stuff and it's like I don't we've never really seen her outside of that sphere so can she act I don't know and you know what was the reason like what is what is the theme of the coming season to incorporate her
0: I don't know but I've also come upon this like reality recently with the internet and I don't know if you've been experiencing this but people are really boycotting the Kardashians because of like I think influencer culture is like changing and I think I've talked about this on my own TikTok account where people just want to see real people. Um, and I follow like so many accounts of real people just cooking dinner every night and they're like influencers and they're just like people like me. Um, and I love watching people like me make dinner. I don't like watching celebrities anymore. Um, unless it's like housewives or something, but I don't know. I think like as a society, we're shifting the, the perspective and change onto like real people. And I don't know if it's because of the economy or the times, but people are really over like the flaunting of wealth and like. They're not here like Kylie Jenner's like handbag closet
1: anymore. It's and I've seen it on the internet. It's and everybody has said it's it's giving um Hunger Games, where it's like that's it's like district one being like all of their wealth, like you're eating so much food, and then you know, in Hunger Games trigger warning, like people would throw up so they could eat more. And it's like this toxic kind of culture. Meanwhile, other districts are starving not doing great, you know, everybody's having to, you know, do their yearly tributes and stuff. So it's like, I've seen people be like, nah, like it's starting to look Hunger Gamey."
0: No, it, it totally is. And I think it's TikTok. Honestly, I think it's changing like how we view people and influencers. Like for example, I know in England when they had the heat crisis, and I'm not sure if it was like, if this is still going on now, but I'll never forget. And it's not this woman's fault, but some really rich woman was like bragging about how she was going to like this really rich hotel in England. And then the next video that people saw was a mother actually crying. I think she was a mother because she couldn't afford her heat and it was in the dead of winter and freezing. But you had like this really rich woman being like, I'm going to the Ritz Carlton. And like, then the next video was like someone crying because they couldn't afford their, they couldn't even afford to turn the heat on. And it was like sub-zero. So it is really weird. And I know it was like a Hard right turn and change of topic, but I'm I'm curious to the listeners. What do you think of influencer culture these days? Do you prefer to watch real people or listen? Sometimes I do like to see how the rich live, but then it makes me mad. I'm like, how y'all am in this, Matthew? Matthew, what you doing with all that? Yeah, yeah.
1: It no, is, I prefer uh, I prefer the real people because you get too. to see like you find a part of you or your lifestyle in that, and it it helps you. of come to terms with like your own life your own shit that's happening of like oh it's not just me oh no this is normal like okay i'm not the only one you know kind of going through this bullshit or whatever and you kind of get a more like real understanding and when people show that you know that kind of stuff like the breakdowns and everything it's like yeah that's real life like it's not always six inch stilettos and false eyelashes it's it's real life (laughs) Yeah. Right. There's
0: an actual problem going on in the world where like eggs are $5 and it's, it's weird. And it's like, we're kind of, I don't know. I think it's kind of created this sense of like, we just want to watch real people succeed and win. I love when I find real people getting sponsored by like big companies. Mm -hmm. I'm fucking here for it. These are the people that should be getting free things, not the rich. I can't stand PR packages when rich people get free shit. I'm like, you can afford Hermes. I can't send it to me, (laughs) send it to me. But Anyway, yeah, just my little, like, roundup episode thoughts because, um, you know, I've been seeing a lot lately, like, especially with beauty filters, which are banned in Texas, by the way. I make it a point to not Really? Use... Oh, yeah. You can't use beauty filters, I think, in Texas. I did not know that, but it makes oh, a lot yeah. of
1: sense.
0: I – if you ever see me in a video, I have no filter on my face. And I make it a point because I don't think it's cool to, like – I want to show people, like, I have skin texture. I mm-hmm. sometimes film videos with no makeup on. I don't give
1: a shit. I wish I could feel comfortable doing that. Time to hold the accountability stick. I don't feel comfortable unless I'm in makeup. But that is a me thing. Like I used to be a like me that. Thing that I am trying to work through. But, you know, I don't I don't enjoy filters. I I mean, I was reading a ton of articles recently that it's like All of like those old um, Snapchat filters are really just causing, you know, a lot of people to go into like plastic surgery and all this kind of stuff when they don't need that. And it's causing like all of that kind of horribleness.
0: Oh, it is. I mean, I used to use Facetune on my body, like pre pre all of this, like when I was like um, in my like mid 20s. I would like actually tune my body just like a little bit. Like sometimes it's like so noticeable in people's photos and like I will hold the accountability stick. I used to do it to my face, smooth my face out, whiten my teeth. And it's like, I don't look like this. This ain't me. So nobody looks like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I really try and I do. Not that I try. It took me a really long time to get here. But if I want to say something and I don't have any makeup on, I'm just going to go on and say it. Like whatever. What the hell ever. Say it with your
1: whole ass chest, you know. Stay with your whole ass chest. And I think that's how we we should end the episode today. If you're going to do something, do it with your whole ass chest.
0: (laughs) Do it with your whole ass chest is right. Um, But we want to thank you again for listening to another episode here on Sticks and Bones with your ghost host, Chelsea and 10. I forgot the most important part of this episode. We were in the top 50 spiritual podcasts (laughs) on Apple in the United States of America and England. We were number 30 fucking three.
1: We were those bitches. We were 33, 10. 33. You know what'd be better than 33, 22, because that's your ancestor number. And now you know be better than that? Number one. Number one.
0: <laughs> we're we're going platinum by the end of the year. I'm telling you, we are gonna be number one. I plan to dethrone Joel Olstein so hard. That fucker's going down, man. <laughs> On the charts. I'm dethroning Joel Olstein. And if you know, you know.
1: <laughs> this these are their stories gung gung
0: this is religious trauma gung gung <laughs> here i am being like i am healed my religious trauma let me tell you all about joel olstein when there was a hurricane he wouldn't let people in his freaking church yeah
1: let me tell okay you. you're not
0: so holy now are you joel olstein <laughs> sorry i, I am know. not a i am not a
1: healed person
0: <laughs> no but anyway thank you so much for watching supporting our podcast. We love and appreciate you guys so very much. We'll see you on the next episode of Sticks and Bones with your ghost host, Chelsea and 10. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate our podcast in the store, watch us on YouTube, leave us a nice review and have an amazing rest of your day. Bye. Bye.